So being the tragic I am, I was back in the old happy place for the first question time of the new parliament yesterday, but not until, of course, they dealt with a shocking display of virtue signalling over the ceasefire call that really in the end came to little. Our political editor, Jason Walls, was there. Morning. Good morning, there, Mike. There we go. Uh, Jerry Brownlee was the highlight of the day. There's a guy with a genuine sense of humour. Yeah, well, I think he did quite well in the speaker's chair as well. I mean, it was pretty, he played off um, a couple of things quite well. In fact, he forgot a number of members' names and I had to apologize at the end. And uh, to be honest, I don't blame him because I'm still learning the crop of uh, 2020, let alone 2023. But yeah, you know, he, he kept true to his word. He lets um, debate flay, um, free flowing. He didn't really interject all that much. Um, when he did interject, he was quite respectful of members as well. So yeah, I thought he did quite well. Uh, the ceasefire debate showed you all that's wrong with the war, isn't it? There's plenty of passion. I think there are a few tears in there, and they could agree basically on very little at the end of the day. That's the war in itself, isn't it? Indeed. I mean, basically what it came down to was a motion to support moves towards a ceasefire, not actually calling for a ceasefire in itself. And of course, the Greens were not happy about that. But um, Winston, who I thought was, um, after Jerry, probably the second best player of yeah. the day, made quite a good point on question 12, where he said, well, essentially, listen, we can only work towards a ceasefire if all parties agree to it. Now, there is no way on God's green earth that Hamas are going to agree to a ceasefire because there was a ceasefire in place on October 7th when they carry out, carry, carried out the atrocities. So it's just, it's just not realistic for that to happen. And I think that that was sort of underpinning the debate the whole time. Yes, we'd love a ceasefire, but, you know, everybody's got to agree to it. Glad you saw that in Peters as well, because I'd never vote for him in a million years, and he's overall more trouble than he's worth. But you cannot beat the institutional knowledge, and you cannot. And that story about the Antarctic, I mean, that's a scandal if what he says is correct, isn't it? Well, obviously, and it's something that needs more investigation and looking into it. But Winston, you know, he, as you said, he was showing his institutional knowledge. He was standing up and using the supplementary question in a way that supported the government. A lot. We saw that when he was first with Jacinda Ardern. It was a sort of way for him to say, listen, I've been around for a while. I know this works. I can help you. Um, and this is just he kind of sees his role as sort of a help at the beginning um, and somebody that knows his way around the rules. Good stuff, Jason. Nice to catch up with you, Jason Wall our political editor, by the way, if you don't know about the Antarctic story, in very simple terms, when he was last in power in 2017, they signed off for a refurb of Scott Bache, $250 million. Uh, to this day, nothing's been done, and the, they kept going back for more money and more money and more money, and it's currently, uh, this is the government, this is your fairy story all over again this morning, your inter-island fairy story. They just signed off more money they never have to do literally nothing. It's now sitting at half a million dollars to do um, absolute, sorry, not half a million, half a billion, $500 million, and they have done literally so far nothing. And this new government suddenly allegedly committed to that the same way they're committed to hundreds of millions, if not billions, to fix up these rust buckets they call inter-island ferries. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.